Okay. Okay, sweet boys. All right, here we go. Yeah. Uh, what was the feeling like uh, getting drafted 63rd overall in 94 to the Islanders? And where were you? Mm -hmm. So it was a bit of a surprise. I was, um, I think I was ranked, like it was a lot different then. Like, you know, the Hockey News published one ranking. No one, t it wasn't a lot of, you know, people talking about it. But I was, I was ranked, I think, fifth round. And I happened to get drafted in the third round. We won the Memorial Cup that year, so it was huge. Um, so I, I didn't go to the draft. My agent said, you know, I don't think you're going to get drafted that early, so don't go. I'm like, yeah, you know, I was really naive. I was like, yeah, no problem. I'll just stay home. So I stayed home, and uh, the draft was in Hartford. I got a call here in Edmonton. I was sleeping. You know, it was like 8 in the morning. With the time change, it was 10 o'clock there. They're like, you just got drafted. I'm like, what? And I, I couldn't believe it in the third round. And uh, I remember my, my we were all excited. We, I don't think we really understood it. We were really naive. You know, we didn't really – Hockey wise, you know, I just played because I loved it. So I, I was really lucky. And it was, it was, uh, that was the moment I realized I could actually maybe play in the NHL. Before that, I was just playing to hopefully play for U of A, uh, the Golden Bears hockey team after I was done junior. Hartford's uh, the team you played your first NHL game against as well. Mm -hmm. Ironic, both places, uh, you know, had a pretty big impact. Both the city now, there's not even a league there anymore, or a, a city in the, a, that team's on the league. But yeah, you know what? Um, the first game was really special. You know, you just, you work so hard and you put in time and it's the first time you really get to test yourself against NHL players. And uh, I remember, I think when I walked out of there, you know, I was like, I can do this. I, I, there's some things I have to work on, but I'm not that far away. And, you know, some of the other players, they uh, like Pat Flatley, our captain, and a couple of other guys said the same thing. And, you know, I always remember that when I got older to say to guys, like, you're close, like you're so close, you know, don't give up right now. And I'm not talking about like the Connor McDavid's other word. I'm talking about the guys like me, the, the middle of the lineup, bottom of the lineup guys. Like, don't stop. Like you're so close. Um, and when you're kind of near the middle or bottom of the lineup, you're gonna you're gonna get kicked in the nuts a lot. So you gotta just you know take it and just keep going because eventually you will get there. Um, but I've seen a lot of players kind of tap out when it gets a little hard or they don't get the answers they want or the results they want. You just gotta stay with it. What's the biggest difference between uh, obviously playing for the Blazers and going to the NHL? Um, well, you know, in junior, I was so big and, you know, I was, I was a decent, pretty good skater, but I could just physically toss guys around. There were very few guys that were as big as me or strong. And then I got to the NHL and all of a sudden everyone is as big and way stronger and faster. So I was like, uh, you know, I've got to get this body moving a little more. I was always in good shape, but, um, you know, you kind of got to, um, you, you know, your junior body doesn't work anymore, you know, and especially then, you know, the kids now work out a lot more and they're a little more physically ready. Um, but sometimes, you know, you're not a man when you're 18 or 19 or 20. You know, I, I didn't really feel like I was really my man's strength till probably 23, 24. You know, then you start figuring it out. So it takes time. He, he's almost 35 and he's still yeah. waiting for his man strength. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, for some people, it never comes. <laughs> oh, he never got his growth spurt. Yeah, I've been waiting. That's why he plays Div 10. Yeah, well, it's better than Div 11. <laughs> <laughs> they told me in elementary school my growth spurt was coming, so I'm waiting for it. I'm sure. I'll get you right up to Div 7. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we want to know about this OJIC trade, uh, you coming to Vancouver. You know, I, I, uh, I didn't think I was going to get traded. And, you know, I, like I said, I, I, I just played because I loved it. You know, I didn't have really an agenda. Um, you know, I was a team guy, and I just loved playing, you know, playing. I couldn't believe I was playing the NHL. So 
the phone call, uh, you know, we played in Edmonton the night before my first game ever at home. And I had, you know, so many family and friends watching. It was amazing. And then we go to uh, fly, to, fly to Vancouver. I remember two of my best buddies, uh, they're like, uh, you know, do you think you'd get traded? I'm like, why, why would I get traded? I just got here. And so we landed an hour later we're in our hotel and there's a phone call. And uh, it's uh, Mike Milbury. He's like, thanks for everything, Strutty. We just traded you to Vancouver. I'm like, what? And so I hang up with him. Two seconds later, phone rings. Mike, you in here. We're so happy to get got you. Be downstairs in 20 minutes. We're going to take you for a press conference, take you to a hotel. So, you know, within landing, within three hours, I had been traded, changed teams, and in a new hotel. And I'm just, my head's spinning. So I have to call my mom and dad. I'm like, uh, hey, how are you guys doing? I just got traded to Vancouver. <laughs> They're like, what? I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And, um, you know, then for Gino, and I knew Gino was a huge fan favorite. Like I wasn't, um, I wasn't, you know, dumb enough not to recognize that, you know, he was a huge part of this community or of that community. Um, but I, I was like, you know, I got to fight this guy. I got to get like, I, you got to make an impression, you know, and, and it's a little harder when you're not a goal scorer to make an impression. But I'm like, I'm going to fight this guy. And, and uh, I knew I was going to lose. I mean, everyone in the world knew I was going to lose that fight, but it didn't matter. And, you know, it was probably the best thing I could have done because all of a sudden my, my teammates are like, holy geez, like this guy, you know, he's duking it out with um, Gino. Then the fans are like, well, this guy's actually going to stand in there. And, and I try to make a, you got, you got to make a good first impression as a hockey player. And, um, you know, I was, I was, I, I thought it worked out, you know, that was probably like, honestly, like I said, it was the best thing that could have happened. And I fought him and, you know, the rest was his, why was I there four or five years after that? I was told, uh, <clears throat> I'm not sure if it's true or not. That's why I'm asking. But I was told that Gino had said that I knew I was going to get traded in my career, but I didn't know I was going to get traded for a nobody. Yeah, I was pissed. And you know, <laughs> like, um, and, you know I, I, I got it. Like on the human level, I got it. But you don't get to the NHL or that level by not having an ego. And, um, you know, I'm not, a, I don't, I'm not, a, I'm not chirping all the guys and everything, but you have an ego and pride. And we said that I was pissed. So I'm like, I'm fighting this guy for sure. And I know I'm going to lose. But so, you know, um, I actually said to him, I said, hi, my name is Jason Strudwick. And then we fought a few shifts later. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so after the game, when they, when they, uh, the, the media said, no, why'd you fight Gino? I said, because, he didn't know who he was, so I thought who I was, so I thought I'd introduce myself, and uh, I did. You know, it worked out well. Like you know, I'm not a I'm not a violent guy, but it was. Um, you, know, you got you have to you, when you come to a new team, you have a very small window to make a new impression, and uh, like that just kind of set my tone. This set the tone for me there in, in Vancouver. Who was your favorite teammate in Vancouver? Oh, there were so many. I, I loved being a Canuck. Like, I loved the team. And I, I loved that I was kind of just there when it just started to kind of improve. You know, like, it, it, you know, Mike was there. Then Mark Crawford came in. Um, you know, Todd Bertuzzi and I were roommates for four years on the road. And I, I loved, uh, you know, I loved every minute of seeing that guy growing and becoming an absolute beast. Um, you know, Marcus Nazan was a great guy. Um, Adrian O'Coin, I still am in touch with him quite often. Uh, Mark Messe was my idol. You know, and I learned so much from him just about being a pro and the way you handle yourself. And um, I was really lucky. Like I had, there, there were so many great people there. And it was when I got, when I, you know, when I didn't resign, um, I was really upset. Like getting traded from the Anders, I, I didn't care. I was like, yeah, I, you know, whatever. But Vancouver, I really, I grew up there. I became an HLer there. And it was hard. It was a really hard thing. And, uh, you know, I, did, I wasn't like upset or anything. I was just kind of sad. And I moved on to a place I thought I'd get some more opportunity. But 
you know, the Sedins were good guys. Um, yeah, I was going to say, what's it like playing with the Sedins? Yeah, they were great. You know, they were, they were such good. And they came in kind of a little, you know, they weren't really in NHL shape and <laughs> chubby little Swedes, but they, uh, you know, they figured it out. And they, and, you know, you knew they were going to be special, but I didn't know they were going to get that special. But um, they were great. Like, just all the, like, it was just a great experience. And I loved the city. And it was, it was a lot of fun. Oh, we loved having you. Uh, that your cousins with the Niedermeyers, did you have a lot of pressure of that growing up? You know, you know what? I, I, I often say if, if they hadn't been my cousins, I wouldn't have been, I would have made it to the NHL. Um, like those two guys, they were on a mission. Like they were on a mission to make the NHL. They, I mean, they would do eight weeks of hockey school in the summer. I would do one, you know, and like, uh, I remember that when I returned to, when we became teenagers, the first time I saw them, they were just like ripped and in good shape and running all over the place. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? So I really had to kind of pick my game up and, uh, so I started running all the time too and, you know, do working out and not even really knowing what to do. Like, it's not like now where everyone and their dog's a trainer or on YouTube and go find all these workouts. Right. So I just ran, I was like, I was like Forrest Gump just running everywhere. And then I do box jumps and push ups and pull-ups like, and it helped me because I just got in better shape than everybody else. And then it made me probably look better than I actually was. Um, then I, you know, they kind of helped me a little bit with skating, but just, just having those two guys to kind of like seeing someone who's a really good player and you're around them, it makes such a difference. You know, you don't know what the level you have to get to when you're, when you're not, you're not around, you know, greatness. Right. And so, um, did you guys live close? Like, did you guys, did you get to play with them much growing up? No, they were they lived in BC. So no, but we, we'd go to hockey schools, like, well, not so much with Scotty, but with, uh, he was a little bit too good and too old, but Rob and I went to a couple of hockey schools together and, uh, we skated a bit in the summer, but, like, I just remember thinking, like, that if that's how good I have to get, like, I've got so far to go. So they were shooting pucks, I would shoot pucks. Like, every my dad, would, their aunt would tell them what they're doing, and my dad would just tell me. I'd be like, I'd go do it. So, you know, it, it was good. Like, I, I was so lucky to have them as cousins. And, uh, you know, they, they had great careers. Um, you know, so they had better careers. I was better looking, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Long term, I'm probably better off, right? <laughs> yeah. Who was your favorite sports hero growing up? Um, well, I love Michael Jordan, obviously. Then growing up in Edmonton, Mark Messier was my idol. Um, yeah. You know, Bob Probert. Like, I like the hockey players that played with a little edge, you know, and, and not necessarily fighting, but just kind of, you know, taking care of your own business and not getting pushed around. So, like, Luke Richardson, Wendell Clark, Bob Probert, Mark Messier. Like, I like those guys. It's just kind of like, you know, this is my house. Like, if you're going to come in here, it's going to – you better be ready to rumble. You and, could uh, – you could toss them and had lots of good fights, but what's your most memorable? Uh, you know what? It's funny. It's, you know, when I was done playing, someone told me I had a hundred regular season fights and I, I almost fell out of my chair. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, it didn't, it didn't seem like that many. Um, you know, and that's not like Bob Probert who had like 500, but you know, it's a lot. And I never thought I was a guy as a fighter, but I always wanted to make sure I could take care of myself and my teammates. Um, I remember the one I, I got my ass kicked. Reed Lowe beat the wheels off me. Uh, but you know what's funny is I, I, I didn't really he, – he, like, he didn't beat me up to the point where I was knocked out, but I couldn't catch up. It was like you – know, it's kind of like I was drunk and uh, you're wrestling with someone who isn't and you're just always a step behind. I just couldn't kite. Like, yeah. What is this guy doing? And, and, uh, he, and I, I was either too dumb or too pr prideful to go down, and I, I refused to go down. And uh, I, I never fought him after that. I think I was like, I had enough. But I did, <laughs> it was the funniest thing. Like, I, I, I've watched the fight a few times since. And 
I just could not, I, it was unreal. I'm like, what is this guy doing? What kind of voodoo does this guy have on him? We might have him as a possible guest coming up reload. <laughs> oh yeah, just ask him about it. He just, he just, he, he, he had to be one of the easiest fights he ever had. <laughs> I should know this fact, but did you ever go Brad May? No, no, we played together in, uh, in Van and then I loved Maisie. He was one of my favorite and, uh, we still connect every now and then, and he—he's um, such a beauty to meet in person too, man. Like he's—he'll yeah. sit there, talk to us, bullshit with us for forty-five yeah. minutes. He's a drink great a couple of pints. Yeah, yeah. yeah we've been—we've been trying to get May on as well recently. We've been talking to each other because we ran into him a few times, like Mike said there. Oh yeah, yeah. He's a great guy. Great human. He, he tells a lot of stories. We had Clint Mallerchuk on the other day that liked oh. to tell a few stories. Oh yeah. Tell we had Kelly Rudy on last night and a uh, couple of good stories out of it. We love hearing the NHL stories. Uh, there's some great guys. Those are all great guys. What uh, did you think of the city living here? Oh, Van, I loved it. I love being there. Like that, I just, you know, it was such a great city. I, and I spent, I remember, uh, I think it was after Mark Crawford's first full year there. And uh, it, was, it was after the season. I, I you know, I, I was always in shape or whatever, but I, I, uh, we have our year-end meeting and he brings me and he's like, you know, we had a good year. Everything's good. He's like, what are you doing this summer? I'm like, well, I'm going home and I'll work out. He's like, really? He's like, uh, well, we want you to stay here and work out and like playing golf tournaments. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'll just go home and work out. He's like, well, do you like being in Vancouver? Can I come like I do? He's like, then I'll see you June 1st here in Vancouver. I'm like, oh, okay. I guess I'm spending the summer in Vancouver. So I lived wow. there uh, in the summertime. I, I rented a place with Josh Holden. And, okay. Uh, and we had an unbelievable time. We worked out at, at eight ranks every morning. And then, uh, you know, we may have gone out a couple nights, uh, you know, a couple Roxy nights a week, you know, <laughs> um, but it was, uh, it was so much fun. Like I, I loved it. And we played, I played in, Oh my God, I don't know how many golf tournaments I played in there, but that summer, but met a lot of people. I remember I bought a mountain bike and I'd ride that thing all over the place. I ride it like all day long. And um, it's just a great city. Go to the beach, whatever. Like I, it's 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 one of the most beautiful cities I've ever seen. I, I, I absolutely loved it there. Loved it there. What was your favorite song to listen to pregame? Oh man, I, I'm into the rock. You know, like uh, we had a lot of stuff. Um, I, I love like just you know you, you get yourself jacked up like ACDC or Motley Crue or you know all those kind of things. Uh, you know, at that time, uh, what is that guy? Matt Good, Matt Good Band. They were yeah. good. good Coquitlam kid, just like us. Yeah, I think it was Matt Good, right? I saw him in concert a couple times there. Um, it was pretty cool. So yeah, those were. I mean, but you know, I I'd play some of the music, but uh, the other guys, they they you know, I remember Brian McCabe loved putting it all on. His was really heavy, heavy music. <laughs> but um, you know, I was a little more on the like not quite so angry. Uh, I was more like metallic, ACDC stuff like that. Do you have any uh, pregame rituals or pregame meals? Uh, I ate the same thing every day. Every single pregame I had, always like ch uh, chicken, pasta, and, and veggies. All like a third, a third, a third on the plate. It was always the same with a Diet Coke every time. It was like never, never failed. Um, you know, pregame rituals, I, I just did the same thing every time. And it wasn't like it was a... Um, you know, I didn't need to do it, but it's just how I got ready. Like it was just your routine, right? And because people always ask, well, that's, you know, well, isn't that a superstition? I'm like, no, that's just how you do it. Like, do you change your order the way you get up every morning? Like, do you get up, then brush your teeth and shower? Some days do you shower and brush your teeth and comb your hair? Like, that's just the, the routine you have. And, uh, 
Yeah, you know what, I do always, like I do about 10 minutes of uh, med not meditation, but just in a visualization of what I was going to do that night and maybe players I'd see it in one-on-one or maybe a fight or, you know, I'd always envision myself scoring a goal, so it didn't always happen. But, um, you know, it was kind of, it was, it was uh, you know, that's just the way you do it, your routine. Was there like one guy that you just absolutely hate playing against? Um, you know, there's some like the really quick guys, like Paul Korea. It was just, it was embarrassing. Like he just, he was, he was like, he just fly around you. You're just standing still. Like this is just change. I don't want to be out here with this guy. Like the really fast guys, even like the bigger guys, like you know Joe Thorne, I didn't mind, or Eric Lindros, or like Dingman. Those big guys, I didn't mind them because they weren't that fast, and we they want to be musky, like muscular. They want to fight, you know, like push you around. But the quick guys, good God, like it was. I remember Paul Korea, he one time spun me around so quick. I was like, this isn't happening. I think I need it. I think I need to change. <laughs> <laughs> who, who do you wish watched you perform every game? Who do I wish watched me play? Yeah, every game. Uh, or if, I, if I could have anyone? Well, you know what? My grandpa, my grandpa, my, my mom's son. He died. Um, when I was in like grade, uh, I was pretty young, like maybe grade seven or eight. And my grandpa was the biggest hockey fan. Like my grandpa would have gone crazy if he would have known I made the NHL. He just, he, he loved hockey. And uh, actually he was his biggest favorite team was the Blackhawks. So when I played for the Blackhawks, I was pretty excited uh, to think he was watching, but he would have just loved it. You know, he would just thought it was amazing. But you know what I had, you know, my, I was great. My mom and dad watched me all the time. Um, they came to visit once or twice a year. My sister and, you know, then her husband came and, um, you know, she, I think being a part of the NHL is that it's so cool to bring other people in to see it. You know, I'd always taken tours of our dressing room and all that stuff. Like my buddies would come, especially in Vancouver. God, I'd have people there every other weekend. Um, but it was awesome. Like they just thought it was so neat. And I would have too. Um, you know, they, and they got to meet like the guys. And it was, it was, I have to say it was pretty neat. Like that part was pretty cool. And what was it like playing in Europe? Oh, I loved it. I'm, I love to travel. Like, I love to play Did around. you get paid? Yeah, you get paid, yeah. Yeah, you get paid to go there, yeah. Yeah, no, oh, no, no, no. I, I was just saying that because you always hear on the news that they're, like, two years behind playing the players. No, there we – I went to really good teams that were, like, financially set. Um, no, in uh, in Russia, um, though that's a whole different place. But, no, in, in um, Sweden and uh, Hungary was unreal. Budapest is an unbelievable city. Uh, it was hilarious. I, I am Hungarian, Hungarian, actually. Oh, are you really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. Did you make chicken paprikash? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. <laughs> I remember one night I went to a bar in Budapest. I was there with my cousin during the lockout. And, um, you know, I spoke French. And uh, so we're just sitting at the bar having a couple of drinks. Our teammates are all in there. And this huge wrestler, he looked like Bam Bam Bigelow, uh, <laughs> sort of a huge bouncer. He looked like the wrestler. He yeah. shape, and he had flames tattooed in his hair. And this guy kept looking at me. I'm like, and it was right, like a lot of Russians in Budapest, right? And this guy, I'm like, holy shit, this guy's going to want to fight me. I know it. We got to get out of here. Yeah. So he, he's looking at me, finally comes over and he's huge. He's like, he's got to be my size, but probably another like 100 pounds. And he looks at me, he starts talking to me in Russian. I'm like, I'm sorry, man. And then he starts hungry. I'm like, no, no. So I, I, he looks at me, he starts talking to me in French. I'm like, holy shit. So I start talking to this guy in French and he recognized me. He's a huge hockey fan. He's from Russia. And he's like, buddy, if there's any problems, you come and find me. I'm like, oh, oh don't you worry. I'll come and find you. <laughs> <laughs> we could like kill everyone in this bar five times over. And so we'd go back there and we'd see him. And he was the nicest guy. 
But I was like, for sure, I thought he was good. Like, it wasn't going to be a fight. He was just going to beat me up. Like, it wasn't a fight, right? And uh, the nicest guy, and we, I was there for two, two and a half months, and we, we, go, we probably saw him 10 times. He's always like, hey, Strati, salut, come on, salut. I'm like, hey, good buddy. Like, I'm talking in French. It was amazing. So great, great place, Budapest. Great. That's, that, that's why I keep him around, too, as my, my bodyguard. Yeah, yeah, we all need one. We all yeah. Need one. <laughs> I'm like I'm like five feet five, 140 pounds, and this guy's like six three, like two thirty. You need a big friend. We all need big friends. He's not that big. I'm just busting his balls. <laughs> I'm bigger than that actually. <laughs> um, did you try a Hungarian moonshine while you were down there, Palinka? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We had that Palinka. Yeah. We had uh, goose. Uh, goose. Uh, what's it? Goose liver. Yeah, 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 yeah. Unbelievable. The first night before our first game, they made us, it was just, uh, you know, you've seen a toasted bread with goose uh, liver. Uh, Pate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We had um, the goose liver cut on yeah. there and then onions on top. That's all we had the night before and a bunch of wine, and we didn't play very well. And they're like, why aren't you guys playing better? We're like, fuck, we didn't eat anything last night, anything good. <laughs> you know, like, what you, we're playing on onion and goose liver. <laughs> so that was the last time after that we started eating better but it was so much fun like i, lo I loved being there and uh we just we just loved it it was a great place struds we can't thank you enough man for doing this today we appreciate it anytime buddy anytime yeah Glad we would love that. we'd love to have you on again if we could we're um, trying to line it up so we have like a couple ex-canucks like we're trying to get scatchered and a couple okay. other guys okay yeah if it works out yeah let me know all right. All right. Thank you very much, man. Have a good night. Good night. Yeah, you guys take it easy, boys. Hey, cheers. Okay, cheers. Bye -bye. See you, boys. See you later. Bye-bye.